Hello, I'm Brittany Wilson. I'm Nia Wasink, and you're listening to The The Nonprofit Nonprofit Reframe. Reframe. Together, Nia and I have over 30 years of nonprofit experience. We've worked the program side, the business side, and everything in between. We are reframing the nonprofit experience by challenging the status quo, because we know that nonprofits and their staff are undervalued, under-resourced, and unrelenting. Welcome back, everyone, to the Nonprofit Reframe. Happy Monday. It is Monday, May 4th. May the 4th be with you. (laughs) I had to. I know. I was already on a Zoom call this morning where somebody had some Star Wars background and, of course, gave an in-depth explanation about who drew it and why it was important to the franchise as a whole. And, oh, just so much nerding out today. It's fabulous. That's funny. That is funny. Yes. So we are in May. Holy cow. Holy cow. How did that happen? I have no idea. And what is this? At least our fifth or sixth episode doing it remotely like this? Yeah, something like that. It's We've got a handful now. Wow. Who knew that it was going to last this long? Right? Probably some I, doctors, but not me. Oh, oh, right, right. <laughs> Action scientists. <laughs> my uh, car just went to E for the first time. Like my get gas light came on and I haven't filled up since March 12. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I've been intentionally like waiting for it to go down as far as possible. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me though. Um, I realized the other day because my husband does all of our shopping that I have not been out of the house in weeks, weeks. I mean, I've gotten in the car to do one of those drive-by parades for people. Mm -hmm. I've done that twice. But other than that, nothing. I hope my car still runs. You went for a run this weekend. That was out of the house. Well, yeah. I mean, yes, yes. We've done plenty of bike rides and runs and that sort of stuff. But I have not spent any money anywhere in weeks. Now I've spent enough online. Don't get so me wrong. So much online. So much. It's like every day's Christmas. There's another package at my door. <laughs> my husband came over yesterday and he's looking over my shoulder and he's like, what are you buying? I was like, I'm, I'm just window shopping. I'm just browsing. Yeah. Yeah, well, I've got my um, wardrobe ready to go once I actually start leaving the house again. (laughs) (laughs) I did get fully dressed yesterday in like a coordinated outfit because I had to leave the house and I was on a Zoom graduation call. I know, that's so cool. It was very exciting. My husband put on a, a suit jacket and a tie, just on top. He still had cargo shorts on. But that's okay. That's hysterical. <laughs> Honey, just don't stand up. Just don't yes. stand up. Don't stand up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we're into May. And what are we talking about today? Well, first, we need some updates. Uh, I know our listeners are dying to know two important things from you. Oh, Brittany. gosh. I knew you were going to ask. First off, have you cut your husband's hair? No. <laughs> Damn it, Brittany. I know. I know. I was so behind. 
Yeah. Number two, you know what I'm going to ask. Did I do a TikTok? Where's that TikTok? I know. I have to do it. I have to do it. I have to be a, a woman of my word. It's coming. It's coming. <sighs> ASAP. I've done some uh, research. <laughs> you're just meaning, through TikTok. <laughs> meaning I've watched other people's TikTok videos. <laughs> well, I guess that's a step. Yeah. We're getting there. It's coming. It's coming. Well, our, our listeners are waiting, and they won't wait too much longer before they get angry. So That's true. That's get on true. it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> That's fair. So, well, okay. So, updates are done. What are we talking about? Um, we thought we would put on our accountant's hat today and talk about tax law. Oh, my gosh. Yay. I've been waiting for this. It is the sexiest of topics. <laughs> How dry of a topic can we find? Oh, yeah. Taxes. But what's funny is actually, as we were prepping for this episode, like, we have so many good stories of it going so wrong. Oh, 100%. And now that taxes, the deadlines have been extended, it's still relevant. True. Very true. So, of course, we have to give the caveat. We are not accountants. We are not attorneys. We are not, not tax preparers. Not even close. Uh, so what we are discussing is mostly based on our own experiences, maybe a little Googling here and there uh, to augment that. But uh, consult a professional. Yes. Yeah. Talk to the people that get paid to know this stuff. Yeah. Who get paid way better than we do. Yes. True. That's why they know the things that we don't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Though we probably know more about it than the average person. Yeah. Well, I actually think that's a really important topic to jump off from is how nonprofits have to be kind of like mini experts on tax law because of the kinds of questions we get and even the pushback we get from donors. Lots of pushback. Uh, I'm, I've got... I don't even know how many stories of donors like trying to take advantage of the tax law yep. and... I don't know if it's maliciously or intentionally, but like pushing on me to break rules that would allow them additional tax advantages. Well, it's true. And I think we touched on that a little bit in our in-kind donation episode mm. mm -hmm. where um, we talked about people wanting to use giving in-kind donations as a... Um, what do I want to say? As a way to not have to go through the struggle of trying to sell something. So there was that oh, story yeah. of the woman with the really big, long, heavy table that the was table. worth, quote unquote, $20,000. And, yeah. you know, we're not experts on selling tables, but she clearly isn't either. And so it would just be so much easier for her to get a deduction of twenty grand. Mm -hmm. rather than having to go through the effort of selling it herself. Right, yeah. So there's situations like that, um, but a lot of other ones. Well, it's actually funny. Since we recorded that episode, this came up with a client uh, who, you know, Cars for Kids? Yep. The, the With the great little jingle. And uh, I've used them for nonprofits I've worked for in the past that support kids. You know, it's an easy resource. You get signed up with them, and then donors can just go and donate cars, and they'll process them. Well, I had a client of mine who was like, let's cut out the middleman. We are going to start accepting cars and turning them around. No. Nope. Like, we're going to flip the cars. No. Nope. 
<laughs> no. Bad idea. Don't do it. It was such an interesting conversation to try to like walk them down from that to be like, okay, I understand that you personally have flipped some cars on Craigslist. That's wonderful. Great source of revenue. Uh, but like not part of our mission. That's for sure. Uh, not something we really have the capacity to do. And, uh, what the fuck? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And your staff are going to hate you. (laughs) Oh my God. Can you imagine your VP of development? You go into staff, you're like, okay, so a board member had this idea. We're going to start collecting cars. Who wants to take the, uh, Chevys from the nineties? Yeah. (laughs) Who's got land that we can park them on? That's so true. It's so true. Well, you know, even with those in-kind donations, there is the practice of when somebody donates something, they have to give the value for Mm -hmm. it. Yes. Uh, Tax law number one, valuation must be done by the donor unless it's over a certain amount when it actually requires a third-party valuation. But either way, it should never be valued by the nonprofit. Right. Which is why somebody could say it's worth $20,000. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, it's tricky. It's tricky. Um, What about people who buy tickets to events? And they want, so it's $125 to attend this event for a ticket, and they want to be able to deduct that entire $125. Oh, good freaking God. Okay, let's just talk about deductibility generally. Okay, the whole point is that if you are getting something in return for that, you're getting an event that you're attending that includes food and entertainment, you are getting um, a sponsorship that includes tangible marketing for your company, whatever that is, that has value. And therefore you can't deduct that amount. I'm so freaking sick of having this conversation. I, I have it regularly, more regularly, I should say, with groups about sponsorship dollars. Mm-hmm. Like where, okay, we've got these sponsorship packages we're putting out and the tax deductible amount is the total sponsorship minus tickets. And I'm like, no, because they're also getting all this additional marketing. Right. You have to add the value of that in, and they only actually get this smaller amount that's deductible. Right, exactly. And so when you buy a ticket to an event, specifically if that event has a dinner. Yeah, the value of the dinner. The value of the dinner cannot be deducted. Mm-hmm. And this is what I don't think the lay donor understands, is that to get a full deduction, it has to be a gift. Yeah. In the truest sense. You want to give us $125 straight up. Great. Yes, you can deduct that. But you're not getting dinner for it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You cannot come to a gala and buy a $2,500 live auction item. And that's actually worth $3,500. So you get a steal on it. Saved $1,000. Got this trip someplace or this piece of jewelry or this experience. And then expect to get a $2,500 deduction for it. No. It doesn't work that way. No. Absolutely not. You (sighs) also cannot have your friend 
buy a table. So I, Brittany, spend $1,000 to buy a table of 10 at X event. Mm -hmm. And then I say, hey, Nia, I bought a table. Do you want to go with me to this event? Just pay me $100 for your ticket. So Nia pays me $100, and then Nia goes to the organization and says, well, my friend bought a table, but I paid her $100 for my ticket, so can I get a tax receipt for the $100? Okay, let's break down this bullshit. Few things here. First off, Brittany, who bought the table, is getting a deduction for that entire purchase, right? Like whatever amount is deductible of the full amount, but... You are getting it for the table, not for just your seat at that table because you have purchased the entire thing. Exactly. Secondly, the financial transaction happened between me and Brittany. What? You're going to like show the nonprofit your Venmo receipt? Like that? that's not a thing. It's not if a thing. If you do not send money directly to the nonprofit for whatever it is, they have no record of it and you get no ta- tax deduction. Just hard stop. Otherwise, you've got double the deductibility happening, which is, of course, illegal. Exactly. Exactly. And then you have all of these, um, what, do, what do you call them? Incentive credits? I don't know. So, for example, you have the Enterprise Zone tax credit oh, and, yeah, yeah. Credits. Mm-hmm. and the Child Care tax credit. Mm-hmm. And so that then... Um, you know, people want that, which I understand if, mm-hmm. if it qualifies on yeah. top of whatever deduction they're getting just for the gift to begin with. Yeah, we should clarify for some of our listeners. So here in Colorado, we have two specific credits that are most common, um, a child care tax credit, which um, you get off your state taxes if you make donations to certain qualified charities that um, help in the childcare space and then enterprise zones, which are nonprofits located in, um, specifically, uh, targeted areas, you know, like low income centers. Um, and, and so you can get a straight credit, not a deduction, a straight credit on your state taxes. Um, for those of us who do most of our charity in those spaces, like most of the nonprofits I give to are for kids and kid related kind of things. It's a huge, benefit on my yep. taxes. Yep. Um, but the recording on the nonprofit side is a pain in the ass. Absolutely. And just to um, go back to what we were speaking about earlier, it's only a credit on the tax deductible portion of your gift. Isn't that correct? Right. Yeah. So let's go back to your example again. $125 for a ticket let's say only 50 of that is actually deductible. That's what the tax credit is. It's the $50, not the 125. That was the full transaction amount. Exactly. And that confuses donors a lot too. And they can get upset when they don't see um, that it's off off of the full amount of what they're thinking is their gift. Yeah. Well, it's interesting too. Uh, I, I was actually kind of arguing with a client on this. Um, And at the end of the day, I said, you know, you're the one signing the form. You're the one who has the responsibility to to do this right. Here is my understanding, having consulted multiple CPAs on this issue over the years, that exactly what we're talking about here is just the tax deductible portion that's actually eligible for the credit. Um, And they decided not to go with what I was saying. Um, But the likelihood of something like that being audited is pretty slim. 
until it's one of your big donors and then they come back and they're real pissed at you because they got audited by the state of Colorado. <laughs> right. For you all not doing that right. Like for me, it's just, it's not worth the risk. Exactly. Well, so here's the story. I had a donor, pretty big donor, really generous donor, who um, had a sailboat. Like and, in the water boat? Mm-hmm. Had a sailboat oh. and was donating that boat, a week-long charter of that boat, for our auction. Just just quick, important clarification. Is the boat in Colorado? It's in the Caribbean. Oh, thank God. I hate people who boat in Colorado on our like little puddles. <laughs> no, I, it was in the Caribbean. It was a really okay, sweet great. deal. A beautiful sailboat. Awesome. Such a great gift. Such a, a great in-kind gift. Yep. Right? So yep. this would normally cost, let's say, $3,000 if you were just going to charter it privately. If you called yep. up the charter company in the Caribbean and said, I want this boat for a week. So essentially, you know, that's the value of the Mm -hmm. gift, right? And we sell it at our auction. Great. Well done. And thank you. Very, it was, you know, very popular. And then he sells the boat. Oh, like before the charter can happen. Yes. Oh, shit. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Sells the boat. But it's very nice, says, look, I, I know that, you know, th- I was meant to give this gift. You guys sold it. I want to um, stay good on my offer. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to charter a boat very similar for a week. And you, um, and that's the boat that this person can use. Oh, nice. So, it's so like just out a- of his pocket, he's going to do it. Yes. Very out sweet. of his pocket. So I'm going to buy this charter, mm-hmm. give it to the you guys to give to your donor who bid Great. on it. Awesome. Wonderful. Mm-hmm. So then next thing I know, he calls and says, well, I have a better idea. Uh-oh. How about I just give you all $3,000? Okay. As a straight gift to your nonprofit. Okay, then you use that $3,000 to charter the boat. Wait, what? Yeah. So your organization, you call, you arrange the charter of the boat with the money that I gave you. And that just seems like the cleanest way to do this. What? Yeah. And saw nothing wrong with that. Oh my gosh. And so I had to have this really tough conversation and say, no, it doesn't actually work that way. If you give us $3,000 and we're giving you a tax letter for that monetary donation, that money needs to go towards our programming and our mission. It needs to be a donation to us, not Mm. so that we can then charter a boat Like, you're giving an in-kind donation. You pay for the charter. You in-kind gift that to us. You'll get the tax credit for the in-kind donation. Mm -hmm. But not... Tax deduction. 
or dejection. Thank you. Yeah. We, we got to be clear. I know. I know. See, this is where it gets so tricky. Anyways, <laughs> we went back and forth, back and forth. He did not understand it. He said that I didn't know what I was talking about, that oh, his tax accountant wouldn't agree with that. And so finally I said, well, give him a call. Yeah. So we called his tax accountant and I got <laughs> on the phone with the tax accountant and I explained the situation. And he said, oh no, she's right. We need to do it this other way. Nice. But it took, you know, actually calling the source mm-hmm. and having him hear it from him, which I get. I totally understand. Like, just like we said at the beginning of this, consult the professional, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. But don't just assume that I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. I mean, take the information because we have to be careful too. We get audited every year. Oh my God. Can you imagine that showing up on your annual audit? Like that's an expense line item? Right. That's what I said. I'm like, we get Boat audited charter. every year. We can't have that on there. <laughs> oh, so, well, and again, it comes back to like these assumptions about donations where like we somehow have the expertise to do this. Like now you are a travel agent and have the time, capacity, even interest in figuring out how to charter a boat for a donor of yours? <laughs> exactly. No way. No way. Oh, so funny. <laughs> well, I think it's especially interesting, just given, uh, especially interesting meaning tax law, because I'm super nerdy, um, because there have been so many changes lately, right? Like we first had the standard deduction change. When we had the uh, tax law passed, what, two years ago now? Yep. I don't know. I don't know. Time's still ad- irrelevant. It was, yeah, exactly. With the new administration. Yeah. They yeah. came in and changed the tax law. So the standard deduction went way up and nonprofits were freaking out because uh, people weren't going to be able to itemize and therefore they would have uh, a lower incentive to give. Um, and It essentially doubled, didn't it? Just about? Yeah, something like that. I can't even remember what the old one was. Well, I think the old was twelve five, and now it's twenty four or something like that. I think it. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But yeah, I don't. That doesn't. It, right. it was a considerable <laughs> increase. Yes. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, for sure. So, anyway, f- folks were just freaking out that people wouldn't wouldn't give, and um, a bunch of experts were like, "Don't worry, people don't give for tax reasons. It's like not even the top five reasons that people give." And what did we see? The the low donors dropping out. Yep. You know, yep. our our high net worth individuals were continuing to give, but they were going to itemize anyway. Or they're um, bunching gifts, bundling. So one year they're given a bunch, the next year they're not, you know, switching on and off, taking the standard deduction. So we did see a decrease in, I think, what what's a really important demographic, I guess you could say for fundraising is the folks who have a lower entry, but are part of our community and want to be giving to nonprofits. If they are dropping out, we've got some long-term concerns with what philanthropy is going to look like. Well, yeah, especially when you take into consideration, um, the potential hit to the economy happening right now. Yeah. Well, then let's talk about the CARES Act and additional changes that have happened. So first off, uh, (laughs) There's the new above-the-line deduction of $300. Woo, woo. So I explain that a little bit to me because 
I didn't fully understand it. The way I first heard it was any donation that you make, whether it's $30 or $150, you automatically get a $300 deduction? No. Okay. No. Okay. So you and your family, you take the standard deduction, right? You don't have enough itemization to go above that. Well, this year... Any donations up to 300 you can still deduct on top of that standard deduction. So if your standard deduction is 24000 and you give $300, your deduction this year is $24,300. Okay. Does that mean that $300 comes or goes directly into my refund? No. It's not a credit. It's a deduction. So okay. it just reduces your overall taxable income. Okay. By $300. By three hundred fucking dollars. Yeah. So that's. Well, tell me the last time that a three hundred dollar deduction changed your donor's behavior. <laughs> so really, the only way it is super duper benefiting you is if you are right on the cusp between um, tax levels. Yeah, yeah. If you're and, between brackets, yeah. if you're between, if you're within a three hundred dollar range <laughs> of your next tax bracket, yeah, you are going to be reaping the benefits. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness! Yeah, so that was a bit of a slap in the face. They did. There were a couple of other changes in the CARES Act. Um, so there's there's normally a cap on how much you can deduct. Um, in terms of what your adjusted gross income is, they increase that up to your full AGI. So if your adjusted gross income is $100,000, you can deduct $100,000 in charitable contributions. Um, so that might help some folks, but you got to assume that they have massive assets at that point. Like if you're actually able to turn around donations that equal your adjusted gross income, you're sitting on a lot of money, right? Yeah, for sure. How many people does that happen to? I I don't know. I, and as we continue to talk about like the lack of philanthropy from the top, I'm guessing even those folks aren't doing that. Right. And then it also increased the corporate deductibility. So they can now deduct 25% of their taxable income, which maybe helps, but I don't remember the last time I saw a company want to donate 25% of their taxable income ever. Right. Well, in all of this speaks to donor motivation, right? right and I think right, we right. could do an episode of, on that, of the, the different Ooh. motivating factors for donors. And one of them historically, or what we've always said in the sector, is the tax benefits. Right. But now we're finding out if that's actually true or not. Right. And potentially for which level donor. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think the initial data coming out of 2019 was that it was kind of mixed, right? Like there, there were certain types of donors where it definitely made a difference. Um, it might've changed the amount that certain donors gave, but I know we were all kind of bracing for 2020 data mm -hmm. because you saw your taxes, your 2018 taxes that you filed in 2019 was when you actually saw the shift. And so then your behavior after that would change. But we... I mean, we're in, I, I don't even know what's happening with the economy right now, but I know people are scared. <laughs> right. Exactly. I've been told not to look at my retirement account. I don't know how bad that is, but I can't assume it's great. Well, I, I haven't even started to look at my taxes. When, <laughs> once they changed the date, I'm like, oh, 
I got time. <laughs> so, yeah, it'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. So what are our takeaways? Um, you know, I think for donors, uh, my request would be consult your tax professional, right? Yeah. Like stop relying on nonprofits to be the experts in this stuff. We are going to do our best, right? Like we are going to continue to do all this research and be prepared for whatever might happen so that we can ensure that we're following the laws. But as donors, like run this crazy sailboat bullshit by your tax preparer first. So then people like Brittany aren't put in the middle of having to tell you not to do stupid shit. Right. And I mean, that's, we talk about it over and over again that, you know, philanthropy is really about relationships. And when people are talking about money and they're talking about their taxes, it's very personal Mm-hmm. And it can create some rockiness in the relationship if there's not an understanding on that front. Yeah. So it's best to just um, not assume and talk to somebody who knows for sure. Mm-hmm. I think another piece of advice on the nonprofit side would be like, here's where recruiting for your board is really helpful. Like have somebody who does tax preparation. Oh my God. Wouldn't that be amazing? I've had it happen a couple times or even where we had somebody who was like a volunteer for our organization who I could call on. And that's, that's how I learned half this stuff, right? Like an issue came up. And so I called the expert who filled me in and then we could, you know, develop policy around it. But like for nonprofits, I know we, Brittany and I have talked about kind of the, uh, mixed usage of boards here's a great role. Like yeah. have somebody who really knows taxes, who you can call on either on your board or at least on hand. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't even get into the whole, um, tax side of things when it comes to planned gifts. Oh gosh. Yeah. That's a different episode. Uh, annuities. I mean, all of that is so complex. Yeah. We might need an actual expert on the show oh, that day. Oh, <laughs> would that mean having our, a guest? Who knows? Who knows? (laughs) I agree with all of that. Great. It would suck if you didn't. Well, Um. that's true. (laughs) That's why we're friends in doing this show. Can you imagine if every episode was just like us fighting because we totally disagreed on pretty basic things like laws? (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? Maybe that'll come. We'll see. One day... Nia and Brittany go head to head over something they disagree on. <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Besides football. Oh, uh, truth. <laughs> Which we may not even have this year. So oh. it might be a, a very peaceful year for us. I could actually see you on Thanksgiving week. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for today. Um, a few, I think, important things for our listeners. And also to explain that joke. Brittany's an Ohio State fan. I'm a Michigan fan. They play the week of Thanksgiving every year. Anyway. Um, and if you didn't get that joke, it means you need to go back and listen to all of our episodes. <laughs> <laughs> um, please email us, nonprofitreframe at gmail.com um, or DM us. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and kind of sort of LinkedIn because um, we need your questions for our Ask Me Anything episode that we're prepping. Um, and also, I was... I was thinking, you know, we always tell people to follow us on socials, but we don't really tell them why. 
you know, we've got some great content out there. We share interesting articles, um, funny gifts and memes, uh, outtakes from the show. So you should follow us. It's good content. Absolutely. It also selfishly just helps to motivate us. That is true. I will say like an hour before we came into recording, somebody texted something funny from the episode that released today. And I was like, see, people are listening. Love it. And we may or may not have something to announce next week. Oh, yeah. well, but I guess that announcement so funny with our, del- no, yeah. Just stay tuned because we might have something coming up. <laughs> We are working on some fun uh, permutations of the show. Yes. Yes. All right. I'll leave it at that. Keep you in suspense. Um, And please, please remember to support your local nonprofits. If you currently have the capacity to do so, give and give generously. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. We would like to thank our sponsors. Mission Launch is a Colorado-based nonprofit consulting firm focusing on fundraising and board governance. You can learn more at missionlaunchco.com and Jake Walker Music, who provides our theme music. You can find him at jakewalkermusic.org. Thank you so much.